is up? Level Up Nation and welcome to the Thursday, December 2nd edition of Level Up Live, your home for gaming and esports news brought to you by OTN Media. My name is John, you can call me Fiasco, and I am joined as always by my good pal over there uh, setting his fantasy lineup uh, because it may not be an esport, it is still technically an online uh, kind of sport kind of thing there but it's a very important to him he sent his lineup but it's the king of the court side or in this case the king of the fantasy field football side joey what's up buddy yeah we got it in john <laughs> it, it made it in time i forgot all about football to be honest with all this game award stuff going on and all these esport competitions and it just kind of got slid to the backside. uh but the pig spin the pig skin is spinning uh we did get our fantasy lineup in and we are ready for tonight's show now absolutely nation just a little bit of homework before we kick this one off ah, joey pun uh <laughs> nation make sure you followed the show on twitter and facebook at level up live that's at lvlup live and while you're at it you're listening to the show you're watching the show you might as well follow the the two talking heads of the show follow joey on twitter and instagram at courtside king myself at fiasco if you are watching here live on twitch one you're in the best version of the show because it's live, you get all the funny outtakes and errors and all the other fun stuff. Uh, we play it off live. Self-deprecation is absolutely fantastic. Uh, those user tags are right below the mug trash you're currently staring at. Right now on Twitch, if you listen to the podcast later on down the road, they'll be in the show notes for you below. Nation, as always, speaking of the podcast version, let's say you can't tune in on Thursday night. Let's say you have a life on Thursday night. Uh, that's completely fine. You're allowed to. We have the podcast version. Definitely check it out, the Level Up podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and pretty much anywhere else you can find an RSS feed. We will be there for you. Just search Level Up Podcast, and we are there. Please do leave us a review and rating if your podcatcher allows so. Uh, they do provide us amazing feedback on what you, our listeners and viewers, want the most. Also, if you want to be the top dog, like, the upper echelon of Level Up Live fans of OTN Media. If you absolutely love the content we're putting out there, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash OTN. Check that out and earn your super fan status today for a low price of, I don't know what the tiers are. Uh, so how about that, Joey? How about that? It feels like a really like <laughs> bad Walmart commercial or something like that. <laughs> Blue light special tonight. That's Kmart. Oh, <laughs> so see, I don't even know my department stores. I don't even think they exist anymore. Anywho. Moving on, everything's online anyway. Uh, speaking of which, Joey, uh, that Xbox controller from Cyber Monday came in. Let's go. Anyhow, nice. Uh, so we'll do that. Joey, uh, <laughs> it's pretty much all over the internet what we're talking about tonight. Uh, but just a little recap in case someone doesn't have the internet. What are we talking about tonight? Yeah, guys, keeping it simple tonight, we are hitting all on the Game Awards. We're talking nominees. We're going to do a live ballot filling out with you guys helping in chat tonight as well. Uh, that's pretty much going to be it, John. We'll talk a little bit. Without getting too much into like spoilers, we'll talk a little bit about some of the stuff that might be shown at the Game Awards alongside the ballots and voting. Uh, but yeah, really diving into the games of 2021 and what really brought us all together. Absolutely. Uh, so a couple cool things here. Uh, for the second year in a row, Joe, I, do, I, I don't know if you touched on this. I may have spaced out for a second. Uh, for the second year in a row, we're approved as official co-streamers, correct? We are, yes. We are official co-streamers. We're going to be listed on the website. Jeff Keeley sent us an email. He's like, you guys were awesome. Come on back. Uh, because, you know, our channel is just popping here tonight. Uh, yeah, it, it's always great working with Jeff. He's very good at getting us stuff ahead of time, which is always a plus, getting all the templates and everything so we can set everything up for you guys. Uh, we should have some fun plugins and all of that that night as well. 
All right. So that will be next Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern time for the pre-show uh, brought to you by Joey and myself. Uh, well, there, there might be some opportunities for some guest appearances here and there. We're not sure yet. We're, we're thinking about it, but obviously uh, the more interaction we can get with our uh, viewers, listeners, and chat out there, uh, we'll definitely look at bringing everyone on, if, if possible, uh, to talk about the Game Awards on the pregame and the postgame. Uh, it's going to be a long one Thursday, uh, so definitely check it out there as well. If you're not in the Discord already, make sure you check that out there because there is an event up uh, for that sweet, sweet reminder. Joey, before we even dive into it, uh, it's time for the drink of choice. And I actually skipped over the drink of choice and went straight to what we're doing next week because I can't read show notes very well. Uh, Joey, the drink of choice, uh, your beverage, please. Oh, shoot. I didn't write down what it was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking a red wine tonight. Uh, I think it's a Petite Syrah. I don't remember who it's from, um, but it's super dry, and I really like wine dry, so I'm going to be enjoying it. Oh, okay. Um, it's it's your standard Captain and Coke. That's that's all it is. Um, it's not it's not it's nothing fancy. Uh, it's it, it's it's nothing fa- it's nothing fancy. It's not Joey swirling wine in a wine glass. Fancy. It's not, you know. It's okay, no, we're gonna we have to standard. we have to address this quickly. So, chat. I knew this was gonna come. Uh, profit over here. Water is wet. Uh, yes, wine is wet. But can you explain what dry wine is, John? <laughs> it, it's it's essentially um, what's a good way to describe it? Uh, we're, this is not a wine show. You caught me off guard. Um, it's like um, it has to do with taste. I mean, it's just like like the the, the taste that leaves in your mouth. Uh, it's it's not sweet. It's not. Um, I don't know a good way of, of describing it, Joey. I'm I'm not a wine expert. Yeah, I'm not an expert either. It, a lot yeah. of it has to do with tannins, which is hard yeah, to explain yeah. as well. Um, but overall, there's sweet and dry <laughs> is kind of your scale. So not dry and wet like Prophet wants to think over here in chat. Uh, sweet and dry. Your sweeter <laughs> wines are obviously going to be more on the sweet side. The drier wines, the ones that kind of dry your mouth out more, are going to be toward that dry side. Uh, but we'll get into that on another show because, John, this is our Game Awards episode, not our wine episode. Uh, that'll come at the end of the year, maybe, depending on how we're feeling. Um, but yeah, so I'm excited. John, a little bit more about next week, too. So to give you guys an idea of what we're looking at, we're looking at some kind of pre-show for maybe 15 minutes to half an hour beforehand. Again, as John said, that could be an opportunity for guests to come on. Then we're going to have the Game Awards show. We won't talk too much during that. You'll get some live reactions, maybe some little chit-chat here and there. But for the most part, we want you guys to enjoy what Jeff is putting on, what the guests are having, what kind of musical performances are going on, uh, hopefully without DMCA is coming to our channel. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much just going to be watching it just like you normally would, just with John's nice face over here on the side. Uh, on top of that, we'll do a post show. And again, that's another guest opportunity where we could bring you guys on. What was your biggest announcement of the night? What uh, game got, what game should have won another category, but it went to another game? Uh, what game do you feel like should have been awarded more things? Uh, different things like that will come up in that. But yeah, pretty simple. We'll have more details next week. We haven't really ironed everything out, but we are approved. We are official. We are one of the first ones through, and we are excited for next week. <laughs> Chat is just piling on Profit right now because Profit had the, who is, currently going to college uh to become a lawyer uh last time i chatted with him is is what his it was what he decided he wanted to do with his life goes i'm 18 i can't legally admit that i know what it tastes like uh then then chipmunks goes man i'm 18 man i haven't entered my midlife crisis yet and spitfire (laughs) goes man i'm 18 i don't have to pay i don't have to pay for health insurance yet 
I mean, they're all valid points. You, you don't have to yet. <laughs> he goes, how does arthritis feel? Anywho, Joey, this is going downhill real quick. Yeah, super excited for next week's show. Uh, it was a lot of fun doing it last year. Uh, you know, it, it's always great uh, when a uh, group of judges from so-called ca- experts uh, judge uh, the games that we love, that we've played for over the for the past year, uh, that we've uh, you know maybe have an attachment to, uh, you know whether it was a story or the graphics or the music, all the different versions of, or the reasons why you would become attached to a game, why you why you fall in love with a game. Um, it's always interesting to see uh, what the fans think versus what the so so called pros think. Uh, so it'll be kind of cool again doing that co stream, uh, getting our live reactions because I have a feeling <laughs> there might be a few live reactions. Be like, oh okay, well that's wrong. Uh, but anywho, uh, Joey, let's uh, let, let's go ahead and get to the the bread and butter of today's show. Uh, wh- what are we doing again? Yeah, guys, we're going to walk oh, through all the nominees. We'll be putting the voting up in chat, so make yourself heard loud and clear. Uh, this is kind of our level up ballot, so whatever you guys say in what John and I's opinion will be counted as a vote as well. Uh, we'll go ahead and push these through to the live contest as a filled out ballot. Uh, disclaimer, John and I have not played every single game in here. Uh, We have tried our best to watch streams of said games that we don't have access to. For example, neither one of us has a PS5, so we've done our best to watch stuff of, like, Deathloop and Ratchet & Clank. Did I freeze? Am I here? No. Okay, cool. You're good. Um, Ratchet & Clank, Returnal is another big one over there on PS5. So we've been watching streams, we've been checking out reviews from fellow critics out there, and you're just going to have to deal with us, plus give your own opinion if you've had a chance to play some of these games, uh, because there's a lot of games out there. With that being said, we're going to kick things off with the few esports categories in here. There's about five or six, and then we'll jump right into the gaming news hot and heavy with a lot of these nominations. <laughs> yeah, and, and content creator of the year. Yeah, uh, no joke. That's where we're going to need the help the most because I... For real. <laughs> and I think we have to fill it out to submit, so... <laughs> <laughs> it's like we were looking at them and we are like, wait, who is this again? <laughs> like, okay. Where's the vote button for all of League of Legends? There actually is quite a bit of League of Legends in here, quite especially under esports, so... All right, uh, so if my notes are correct, we are starting with best eSport event. Yep, and we'll work our way all the way backwards to game of the year. So unfortunately, we don't have like a Vanna White or anything to kind of be like, these are your, your categories. Uh, but uh, to appease profit, uh, the best eSport events are the 2021 League of Legends World Championships, uh, the International 2021 of Dota, the PGL Major in Stockholm, uh, PUBG Mobile Global Championship, Mobile Global, I like that, and Valorant Champions Tour Stage Two Masters for the best esports event of 2021. Um, I'll, I'll go first. Obviously, I, I'm I I lean towards League of Legends because number wise, viewership wise, uh, it is by far the most viewed esport event. Uh, Worlds is absolutely massive. You include the numbers. From China, you include the numbers from everywhere else. North American continues to grow their audience year after year after year uh, in, in their terms of viewership. Uh, it, it's by far the biggest esports spectacle in, in every positive way uh, out there in the world of esports. Uh, viewership wise, it's second to none. It rivals that of the Super Bowl from the NFL <clears throat> or, or the big game because I don't think they, they, they don't like you saying that. But. Uh, League of Legends is obviously very big, but obviously there's there's a newcomer in all this, and that's Valorant. And Valorant has has really taken the esports stage by storm. 
Uh, it was a game developed by Riot, makers of League of Legends. It, it's a it's a really good shooter game. Uh, that if you ask some of our friends, I don't know how to aim. In, uh, but nonetheless, it's still a fun game. And the esports scene, it's really starting to pop off. The viewership's starting to grow as well. Riot's doing a great job marketing it. And I have a feeling, in reality, I, I think it's going to come down between these two. I feel like it's going to be a win-win for Riot. Here, it's either going to be League, it's either going to be Valorant in this sense. Uh, and it, it, it wouldn't surprise me if it was Valorant, but I'm putting my money on League. Yeah, I mean, I think League is always a safe vote. League just does a phenomenal job. As you hit on, the spectator numbers are phenomenal. I mean, even with in-person being cut down this year, they still did very well overall. I think it was like 73 million was the total number, uh, something around 4 to 5 million outside of China. And then with China included, it gets that nice boost all the way up past 70 million. Uh, China's just huge. The international, I think it, the big credit to them is the prize pool. They crowdfund their prize pool. They it, it seems like it increases every single year, and not just a slight increase. We're talking millions of increased crowdfunding, so they do a very good job with that. Uh, Stockholm was great. PUBG Mobile is huge, especially over in India. And then Valorant, as you said, John, being a newer scene, it's really come out there and kind of set itself uh, in a really good place, competing right alongside stuff like CSGO uh, in that tactical shooter genre. Uh, If I had to cast my vote, it is also for 2021 League of Legends Worlds. All right, that poll is still up. If you want to get involved right now, Joy, if I'm looking at the poll, it's leaning one way very heavily and i don't think it's gonna be a surprise to anybody uh but right now it, it it is leaning heavily towards one of these topics in fact it's the only one that's gotten a vote so far uh looking at the results here uh so i think it's pretty safe to say as this poll is coming to an end uh pending a massive raid uh from a content creator that was not nominated for content creator of the year and a big <laughs> uh vote influx here uh we're not the state of florida we know how to count league of legend worlds is going to be the vote chat got it right joe i think we got it right as well so we'll go ahead and lock that in for the best esport event of 2021 there you go a nice little big win there i mean that got the majority between us john it took chat Uh, i don't think there's really much contention there again the international with their prize pool is big valorant has been making some nice waves early on but for now league of legends is still the king and it feels like it'll be that way for a while Up next, good sir, it looks like we have Best Esports Coach, if you want to run through those nominees. Best Esports Coach, it's silent. Uh, Oh, boy. (laughs) Of course you would stick me with this one. Ing, uh, Blade, Crowder, (laughs) and Coma. Um, I mean, obviously, knowing these, uh, Coma gets my vote. I I get it. You know, Damwon Gaming, they didn't win League of Legends. Worlds, they lost Edward Gaming. That's fine. Still had a fantastic season. Uh, this is a legendary coach that has the three world's titles uh, back with T1 as well. Uh, he knows exactly what he's doing. He is one of uh, the most legendary coaches in all of esports and just what he's been able to accomplish in that position. Um, he, he gets my vote because he did it again. He did it again with Dan Juan, took him all the way to the finals. Yes, they didn't win the finals. It went to five games. Edward Gaming got the best of them, but still... Damwon had an amazing season, uh, and they continue uh, to turn great seasons time in and time out uh, with uh, Coma joining that team as well uh, as the head coach. Uh, So to me, it's almost a no-brainer. I feel like it's Coma. Uh, I'm going to switch things up, John. I'm actually going to go Blade on this one. Uh, I think Navi has just played phenomenally well this year in CSGO. They've had so many first-place finishes. Uh, It feels like, I don't know if it's been five, six, seven in a row at this point, 
So they just continue to do very well in that CSGO scene. So while CSGO is a smaller esport overall compared to League of Legends, uh, which again is just absolutely massive as we mentioned last category, CSGO is still pretty dominant. It's been around for years, even with an up-and-comer like Valorant coming in. Uh, It had a little bit of waves there with Overwatch for a little while as well. But overall, it just has seemed to stay unshaken, uh, as has Na'Vi this season with phenomenal results. So my vote is going to be cast for Blade here. Now, again, like like all of these coaches are nominated for a reason. They've all had outstanding seasons, like Atlanta Faze uh, in, in Call of Duty League. Like they've done incredibly well. Um, you know, so it is Call of Duty League for them, correct? Uh, wait, say that again. Atlanta Faze. Call, uh, yeah. Call of Duty. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're Call of Duty League. Yeah. The guy yeah. I voted for is Navi on CSGO, though. <clears throat> yeah. But, but like for Crowder, though, like he had an amazing season coaching the CDL team for Atlanta Faze. Obviously, it's a big name. He's with FaZe, a massive, master, massive organization that has a ton of influence, not just in social media, not just in like fashion trend, uh, but in gaming and esports as well. Uh, so I have a feeling like he's going to have a massive following regardless, uh, just because of the FaZe banner. Uh, but like in comparison to some of the other names on here, he had a great season. He did fine. He did great. But it's CDL. It's 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 not as popular as as some of the other titles up here. Uh, it hasn't been as ra- hasn't been around as an established league as long as some of these other leagues have been, like CS:GO or League of Legends. Uh, there's still a lot to prove, and and when you're kind of that newcomer, you really have to have a standout season to really overshadow established vets that continue time in and time out to have great seasons. It's one thing to have a great year. Uh, it's it's but it's another thing to have. Great year after great year after great year after great year, continuing to be at that higher echelon in your esport title year in and year out, uh, especially with all the changes that we know come to these titles. It feels like every two weeks to a month, it feels like uh, to be competitive and to continue to make those changes uh, to your lineup, to your play style, to how you draft, to how you handle the game. That's something to be said. Uh, so, uh, my vote was for Coma. Looks like voting is done in chat. Uh, Coma has the chat's vote as well. Joey, I believe if we're going by the rules of democracy, it's two versus one. Yeah, that's how it's going to happen. Our votes were split. Chat's votes were split as well. But in the end, Coma was the one who came out on top. So Coma will take coach of the year for the level up ballot. All right, up next, best esports team. We have Atlanta FaZe from Call of Duty League, Damn Wong Kia from League of Legends, uh, Nadis uh, from uh, Counter Strike, Sentinels from Valorant, and Team Spirit from Dota 2. Joey, uh, this is where I feel like the newcomer of Valorant has a chance for a steal. Uh, I'm leaning towards Sentinels, and and one of my main reasons is because, uh, unfortunately, one, because of the drama they had earlier in the year, 10's coming over to that roster from Cloud9, and Sentinels just absolutely popping off in Valorant. Um, They have been an absolute dominant force in the Valorant scene. Yes, I get it. It's still a very young scene, uh, but they've been dominant. They've played incredibly well. They've been very consistent. Uh, and it, it's just been a very impressive overall performance by that roster uh, in a league that's still trying to establish itself. Yes, I, I know I'm kind of going against what I just said for their coach, but Damwon Gaming 
you know, they have that expectation. They have the expectation of making it to Worlds, winning their domestic league, making it to Worlds, making it to the knockout rounds, making it to the semifinals, to the finals, and winning it. That is their expectation. Uh, when you have a roster shakeup like what Sentinels went through, where you have to essentially get a player on loan from Cloud9 and then convince Cloud9 to sell them to your team because the chemistry between 10s and the rest of your roster is just absolutely popping off. And then you go on to dominate the Valorant scene. Uh, that's very impressive. That I mean, whether you want to call it luck or not, uh, the chemistry from Sentinels in Valorant, second to none. They played incredibly well together. I think it's a great story overall. I'm going to give my vote to Sentinels for Valorant. Yeah, John, I'm right there with you. I think Sentinels is very deserving. I think every single team in here is deserving. I mean, Team Spirit and Dota 2 coming forward with the International. Sentinels, just a dominant year here in Valorant overall. Uh, from that scene starting in 2020 to now in 2021, they've pretty much been that top team the whole time. You look at Navi and CSGO, we just talked about them in the coach. Uh, phenomenal year for them as well. Even in 2020, they were still winning championships. So that team has been dominant for at least it feels like a full year at this point. Damn Juan Kia, yeah, they came short in the World Championship. A lot of people thought they were going to win it, and they were upset by EDG. But they're a team that made it back once again. They almost defended their title. They pushed it to five games and in the end did lose. But hey, they made it back all the way. And Atlanta phase. Atlanta phase for Call of Duty League. Call of Duty League has seen its, uh, we'll say ebbs and flows, ups and downs. But overall, Atlanta has been pretty consistent overall. And they were a very big team for that as well. For me, uh, I'm between two teams on this one. I'm going to have to go between Navi and Sentinels. Again, these are two teams that have just been dominant for a while. Uh, I do like John's thoughts, though. This is a new game. Valorant has so many players coming into the scene, whether they're up-and-coming eSport pros, whether they're transferring from CSGO or Overwatch, uh, whether they're jumping from something else entirely to give it a chance. It's just been a big hodgepodge of different pros from all different scenes coming together, which has really escalated the talent to a very high level. Now, with CSGO, you do have all those standard talents that have been around for a while. You have the new up-and-coming players, sure, but you also have players that know the game very well. While Valorant, you have the added obstruction of trying to learn the game as you go. There's new maps being implemented, higher rates than CSGO. You have new, uh, not necessarily new guns, but uh, new skins and things definitely make it interesting along with the skill kits being implemented. So I'm going to go Sentinels as well here, John. Uh, I think Sentinels is probably the big winner here. Um, I, Navi again is a close second for me, but I think Sentinels edges them out. All right, uh, chat is coming down to the wire here in the poll. Enjoy. I mean, the chat poll went the completely opposite direction than what I expected. Uh, the winner from chat is Atlanta Phase from the CDL. Um, cool, good <laughs> choice. Um, I like it. <laughs> I mean. Chad has a right to their opinion. That's completely fine. Um, so, Joey, we both said Sentinels. Chad said phase. Again, democracy rules. Uh, unless you're Palpatine, then you make it an empire and you rule the galaxy. Uh, so uh, it is Sentinels. Um, but I, I think Chad has a very valid point with Atlanta phase. They did play incredibly well uh, in the CDL. Uh, they are definitely a force to be reckoned with. And I feel like if they have another year like they did, uh, this past year in the CDL, they could definitely um, go up against some of these bigger names like a Sentinels, like a Damwon, uh, like a Navi, uh, you know, that have already been established in their scene. So I, I think another year and it could be Atlanta phase this time. So what are we casting for? Sentinels here? Yep, we did it for Sentinels. Sentinels is that. the cast. 
Sorry, chat. Best that one was close. It was a close vote. But in the end, Sentinels is going to get pushed athlete. through. Oh, yeah, I like best this. Best esports athlete is up next. And this one, I feel like th- this is going to be open to a lot of debate here. Uh, you have Simp from Atlanta Phase, uh, Showmaker, Collapse, Simple, and Tens. Uh, so I literally just got done singing the praises of Tens. Tens is definitely my vote. Um, if you watch the esports awards the other week, Simp cleaned up. Uh, he, he won, you know, the award, and you know, again, that's great. Call of Duty uh, as a video game has a very large following. Call of Duty League uh, has a decent sized following as well. Um, but again, when I take a look at someone like Tens, who went through everything he went through from going from Cloud Nine to Sentinel and continue to play. Incredibly well. He played well on Cloud9, and he played incredibly well on Sentinels. Moving a roster is never easy to do. Developing that chemistry is never easy to do. But being able to do that and compete at the high, highest level possible in your eSport t- title, in your league, um, I think is incredibly um, uh, just skillful. Like it is, it is something that not everyone is able to do. They're not able to come into a new situation work on that team chemistry, figure it out with their team, and compete at a high level from the get-go. Uh, yeah, there's probably bumps in the road when he first got there, but they worked through it. They practiced, they talked, they communicated, and, they were, and he was able to do it. Tens plays out of his mind. Although he's no longer on Cloud9, he's still one of my personal favorite eSport athletes uh, currently in the scene for Valorant. Absolutely great player, super humble dude, uh, You know, very, very, very talented player. He gets my vote, um, but for whatever reason, I feel like it's going to go simp again. Uh, and maybe it's just because I'm, I'm, I'm not a big CDL fan. I'm not a big, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to say believer. It just doesn't, I feel like if I'm going to watch a shooter, it's going to be CSGO or uh, Valorant and not CDL. Granted, I understand they're two different kinds of shooting games. Um, but it's, it's just, to me, it's not, it doesn't appeal to me as much. So voting for simp wouldn't do it for me. So I'd be leaning towards tens. I'm split on this one. This is probably one of the hardest categories for me. Uh, Simp, again, as you mentioned, he already won the, I think is the eSports Awards, the Golden Joysticks. I don't remember exactly the awards. Um, But yeah, he's phenomenal. He's very good. He's on a controller. A lot of the players that win this award are on mouse and keyboard. So I think that's worth noting as well. The other thing here, Showmaker, again, back-to-back worlds. We talked about it with Dan Juan Kia. He made it back, unfortunately not able to hoist the trophy again, but still making it back once again is a big accomplishment led by him in the mid lane. Over to Simple, that Navi team has been phenomenal this year, and I think he's one of the biggest parts of it. So with him being on here, I think it definitely makes sense as well. And then Tens, again, Sentinel's phenomenal team over in Valorant. Tens being a very big part of that, as John mentioned, coming in, filling in for Sinatra throughout the year, and then staying with the team and continuing to excel at the highest level he did. To me, it comes down between Simp and Tens. Uh, Again, I think Tens is great. He has started to fall off a little bit. So because of that, I am going to lead Simp, John. I am going to lead with the crowd here. Um, but I do oh. think Tens is a very good vote as well. Yeah, I mean, look, again, there's not a wrong answer when it comes to any of these. All these eSport athletes are incredibly talented uh, in their game of choice for a reason. There's a reason why they've been nominated. Uh, there's not a wrong answer. Simp is an incredible player as well. Um, again, you know, it does come down to like personal preference as well. Like, what do you as a voter, as a viewer, uh, enjoy? Like, do you enjoy the play style of Simp? Do you play the play, enjoy the play style of Tens 
in their respective game. Uh, so uh, chat vote is done, and it's a two-way tie. Simp and tens. Look, they're there. And we're two-way tie, too. This is not a good position also. to be in. Uh, uh, and I so would say 50, we could recast 50. the vote, but everyone voted for those, too. Yeah. Um, so what's their KDA? Huh? Oh, my God, Joey. Should we come down to that? Um, sure. KDA. <laughs> I'll look up for tens. Okay. I will look up Simp's KDA. We're going to split it down the difference here. Uh, now, oh. just want to mention, for those playing Halo Infinite, we are not encouraging kills over objective play, uh, just to make that very clear here. Assists are very important, too. Yes. Every part of the team is very important, whether it be callouts, holding the oddball. You know how it works, people. Um, but overall, I don't know if this is even a stat that I can find easily. What's like an over? I don't think anyone has like an overall career KDA. I, I think this well, might have backfired. Well, in November, he placed outside of the top eight for one tournament. So I think we have to give it to tens. What do you think? So uh, tens in a tournament in the Masters 2 in, oh boy, I can never say. Reykjavik. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, had a 1.87 KDA. He had 206 kills. Wow. Uh, 139 assists and just 55 deaths. Oh, this so, wasn't I mean, on Atlanta phase. This is the off season. Um, yeah. But still, I mean, Atlanta phase. Yeah, I, I think we do give it to tens here, guys. Uh, we're all split across the board. Complete 50-50. But I do <laughs> think I'm going to switch my vote to tens uh, based on some of these final results <laughs> coming out from Simp. Uh, again, I think it takes a lot to play on a controller. I know controller players are kind of slighted here and there. Um, but in the end, as John said, there's extra factors with tens having to come in as a substitute, eventually earn his spot in that starting lineup, I think is a nice factor to consider as well here. All right, moving along next category, best esports game. Uh, this isn't going to have, this is going to be another controversial topic. Of course. Uh, and in, in the gaming and esports world, because again, now you're getting into overall fandom of of games and titles of series that people absolutely love. Um, for me, uh, even though I have a love-hate relationship with League of Legends, um, I feel like it's going to be a battle between Riot again. I think it's going to come down to League of Legends and Valorant. Uh, and in this case, and we, we've seen it before, when Overwatch League first came out uh, in their very first season, they dethroned League of Legends as best eSport league that year, um, mainly because of all the hype that was surrounded by it. Everyone wanted to see the new league. They wanted to see the new title. They wanted to see you know, what this was like. I mean, let's be real here. League of Legends has been around for over 10 years now. You know, l Let's say you're a young eSports fan. Let's say you're like you know, 12 or 13 or 14. Like, you were four. Or younger, when this game came out, you probably started watching within the past six years. You know, you weren't around when it started. So it's kind of cool when a new league starts up. There's all that hype around it. I feel like Valorant could easily come in here and steal this. I really do. I, I obviously think League of Legends should be the correct answer. I feel like it's the correct answer almost year in and year out. Just with how global and how massive their pro scene is. It's in almost every country and every region all over the world. It is a very impressive Worlds tournament at the end of the year. Uh, it literally is like the greatest spectacle in esports is League of Legends Worlds. It's absolutely amazing. 
Um, so League of Legends gets my vote, but again, it would not shock me one bit if Valorant came in and took it. Yeah, I mean, it's tough, John. Like, I feel like if we look at the last decade, League of Legends wins this, I would say, like, 9 out of 10 years. I mean, they've just been phenomenal, and they continue to increase everything. Prize pool has increased. Not at the rate of Dota 2, but it's still increased. Yeah. <laughs> Spectator count, 73-something million people. Sure, a lot of that is China, but overall, they still count. It's still plenty of people tuning in, even if it's not as many Western viewers as League has maybe pulled in uh, in past years. I believe they did increase the overall for Western as well. So they just continue to move forward. Uh, I think something else League does very well compared to some of these other games is they're constantly changing up the meta as well. So you're adding in different areas of the map, and now you have Elemental Drakes coming in, and you have uh, Big Daddy Drake the Elder Drake coming in. There's just so many different changes alongside the items and new champions getting added. So if you look at like best ongoing game even, which even might be its own category, uh, I feel like League of Legends has done a phenomenal with that for a decade long now. So I do tend to look another direction here, and that is Valorant, like you mentioned. League is such an easy awarded nominee, and I don't even know why you have this category with a game like League existing, because they're going to win every single year. So what is going to set other games apart? To me, it's how Valorant kind of hit the ground running here. Uh, 2020 is when they started off, and it was during a pandemic, so they had to make tons of adjustments during that early year. Then from there, they move into 2021, and they've really hit the ground running. I mean, they're pulling in phenomenal viewership numbers. You're still pulling in pro players from CSGO, from Overwatch, from these different shooting titles, and they continue to bring really cool storylines. Like that Fnatic Cloud9 game, I believe it was... Uh, this whole week is running together. It was yesterday or the day before, uh, but it was phenomenal. I mean, it went the distance. You saw some really great entrances coming out from both teams, some amazing gameplay across the board. And then from there, they just continue to push forward, and the tournament has been doing very, very well overall, as League of Legends Worlds does every single year. Uh, so for me, while it's so easy to cast my vote for League, I am going to cast it for Valorant here, John. I think they've done enough to stand out from that perennial favorite, and I'm going to go with them for that. Poor Dota 2, poor CSGO, poor Call of Duty. Uh, it is just rough out there. I think, again... You know, we touched on we touch on it before on level up. The biggest thing holding Call of Duty back is the fact that it's a brand new game every two years, um, and you know the the CDL while you know again it has its fan base. The viewership's declining. It, it's just a rough scene for them right now. Um, obviously, they're they're a Blizzard Activision game, and we all know what's going on with that. That definitely plays a factor for some people. Um, CS:GO and Dota Two. I just feel like those are like even more of like a, a niche type game uh you know dota 2 obviously league of legends biggest uh moba rival um i mean aside from the prize pool it plays second fiddle to league year year round uh cs go i mean the fan base for cs go hardcore dedicated like, like you were saying um but again it just it it's not holding water to something like a league of legends or even a Valorant that some people are like, oh, it's like a cheap knockoff of CS:GO or whatever. Um, it, it, you know, Valorant looks great. Like, don't underplay like how the graphics look in a game when it sways people. Like, it's something enjoyable to watch. I don't know the last time CS:GO got a graphics update, uh, but it definitely looks like a a, a mid two thousands uh, video game. Uh, so. Uh, there is that. Looking at the votes here, Joey, uh, it is favor in Le of League of Legends in the chat. Uh, so uh, democracy once again. Yeah, and again, guys, I yeah. think League is the easy winner here. Like they are yeah. easily the winner pretty much every time this category comes up over the past decade. 
It's just if you want to pick someone else that's not necessarily the obvious winner, I think Valorant is the next best one to make a case for that overall. 100% agree. Most anticipated game. Uh, I I feel like this is not even worth reading all these other games on here because I one stands out to me head over heels above everything else. But regardless, Elden Ring, God, God of War, Ragnarok, uh, Horizon Forbidden West, the sequel of The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, and Bethesda's next big game with so much hype around it, Starfield. Um, not a, a surprise here. Again, uh, if, if you've listened to the show at all, Starfield's amazing. It looks incredible. The small teaser that we got, that little sizzle reel, is absolutely phenomenal. We got a little uh, kind of look at what the out, what, what like some alpha footage, some CGI of what we're going to see in game. Uh, they're starting to release more and more content of what the game is going to look like, where the places that we can travel to is going to be. And they're releasing information, I feel like, at the proper pace. It's not like we're not being bombarded every single day by it, but it's like three, four, five, six weeks apart, something else comes out. A little tidbit here, an interview here. They release a little more information, maybe a screenshot, maybe some concept art here and there, and it's enough to draw you back in. Uh, Starfield, to me, Joey, coming from a a, a legendary uh, studio like a Bethesda, um, there's going to be hype around it just because of what Bethesda has done in the past. Uh, we will ignore a, f- a certain Fallout game here. We're not going to talk about that. Uh, <laughs> Supposedly but, it's gotten better since it launched, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, let's go ahead and just ignore that here real quick. But but Starfield, the hype around it, I feel like is real. What we're getting from it is keeping the community talking about this game. The way social media pops off whenever something new comes out about Starfield, that's a great indicator of where the gaming community is at when the, it's in term of anticipation. Joey, that's what gets my vote. I'm voting for Starfield for the most anticipated game. Ah, it, it's tough letting you lead this because I feel like we have Sorry. very similar opinions. Um, <laughs> I, I think one other thing to touch on, so my vote is also going to be for Starfield. Uh, I think Starfield looks phenomenal. It's the first big Ton Howard Bethesda game that we've seen since the creation of Elder Scrolls and Fallout. It's something new. It's something different. Uh, you could even say it's out of this world, to be honest. Uh, hey, shall we fun in chat? Um, yeah, overall, I mean, I think Starfield looks phenomenal. I think the story writing is probably going to be really good. Uh, the other things like that are fascinating that not many people know about, the languages, John. It's like, I think it's something like 20 different native languages that have all been like, it's something hundreds of thousands of pieces that have been recorded across the universe in these different languages. Uh, it's going to be fully native in Japan. This is the first Bethesda game to be fully native as far as language in Japan. Uh, so I think they're also making strides in the worldly accessibility area as well. I think that's a big win. Uh, something else to look at here, and I think every one of these games is deserving of this. God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, both look phenomenal, both highly anticipated. Both PlayStation only at launch. They will not be on PC or any other platform. Uh, the sequel to Zelda Breath of the Wild, Breath of the Wild won Game of the Year. I don't remember what year it came out, but it won the year it came out. Uh, it is Nintendo Switch only, though, so it is platform exclusive as well. Starfield is semi-platform exclusive. It will be Xbox consoles and PC. And then the one game on here that's going to be on multiple systems, uh, really the most systems at all, is going to be Elden Ring. Uh, it's going to be on your Xbox consoles, your PlayStation consoles, and PC. 
So if you're looking at what's the most anticipated over all of these, it could end up being Elden Ring because you can pull votes from all the three different systems. Uh, overall, that Dark, si- Dark Souls-style game uh, has not really pulled in as many players as some of these other ones, though, as it is a little bit more niche. Uh, it's tough. You're going to fail over and over and over And it's one of those games about kind of overcoming those failures, learning those little ticks, and trying to find ways to move forward. Uh, So if that is your type of thing, Elden Ring could be the game. Personally, I think it's either going to be Elden Ring or Starfield that wins this category, if I had to predict it. Uh, As with John, as I said earlier, my vote will be going Starfield. Uh, John, what did I didn't get a chance to see what chat voted. Did you see what chat voted? There was only one game that got a vote. Nice. Uh, And they got a lot of votes, and that's Starfield. It, It is, I mean, again... That just goes to show you the hype around Starfield is real. Take a look at social media. Take a look at the interviews. Those articles get so many clicks, so many reads. There's just so much hype around this game. Space content is always good content. People love the idea of traveling. That's the reason why Destiny and Destiny 2 had so much hype when they both came out. Uh, No Man's Sky had so much hype. It It was a rough release, but it's gotten better. Um, But the idea of space travel, it makes people intrigued. It makes them curious. They like it's something that, you know, in real life, maybe maybe it's a little far away. Maybe it's our lifetime. Maybe it's the next lifetime. Maybe it's the next couple generations. Um, But it feels like we're so close in real life. This is like a way for us to explore our own imagination of what that could be like uh, being able to travel to other planets. So Starfield, again, the hype is real for a reason, folks, uh, and Starfield is getting the level up vote today. Yeah, not only that, but it pulled both hosts and it pulled every single person in chat every tonight. So that chat. is a big, yeah. big winch for Starfield for sure. Huge. Best debut indie game. Indie game. Joey, this is going to be the Artful Escape, the Forgotten City, uh, Kenna, Sable, and Velheim are going to be your indie games. Joey, you got mad at me because I'm leading all the segments. Oh, I don't do you this to me now. <laughs> this one first. <laughs> because... Hi. I, I mean, this is like eSports. Well, maybe not eSports athlete. One of the other ones up there. Maybe it was coach or whatever. Um, I'm very split on this. So this is not just the best indie game of the year. It's the best debut indie game. So a new studio kind of making their new footprint here on the industry. Um, I've played through actually most of these I've played through all, well, I've touched all five of these one way or another. Uh, The Artful Escape is very good. It's very artsy, as the name kind of gives away. Uh, It's a game that's going to be a little bit, um, I'm going to say niche for certain people. I don't know if everyone would like it. Very colorful. It's kind of like a coming-of-age story. Really good themes is like overcoming struggles and different things like that. Uh, The Forgotten City actually started out as like a Fallout mod. And then the developer ended up spinning off. I think it's a small developer, like one or two people. And they ended up making the Forgotten City. It's a really good game. Really strong story. Not really tons of combat in it. It's very story-based. Very, um, uh, let's say, murder mystery without giving too much away. So it's really cool. There's some kind of time loop stuff going on in there. Fun game. Uh, Kenna Bridge of Spirits was one that some people were disappointed with this year. Graphically, it's phenomenal. Supposedly, the story falls flat later on. I didn't play all the way through it, so I can't tell you that. I've watched some gameplay. It looks gorgeous. I think it's probably the best-looking game of all of these. Uh, Sable. I played a little bit of Sable. I got bored quicker than I was hoping to. It plays similar to like a Zelda game, Breath of the Wild style. Uh, just not quite as uh, exciting, per se. Uh, there's a lot of cool graphic essence to it. It's a very unique art style. There's some really cool gadgets and things as well. And then Valheim. Valheim, John, was... 
feel like the leading Steam game for six weeks, if I remember correctly, like March to April range. Uh, it did really well, really fun co-op experience, get in there with four other friends. Uh, there's survival aspects to it. There's boss beating aspects. There's all that collection aspect to it. Uh, so I think all five of these games really deserve to be here. Um, I, I would probably include one more, but maybe they're not a new studio. Um, I don't know who I vote for here. I really have no idea. I'm curious what chat comes up with. Uh, I think I would be... Mm, I don't know. Like, the Artful Escape was really good. I think Forgotten City was phenomenal. I would probably go Forgotten City or maybe Kenna. I don't yeah, know. I'm definitely leaning Forgotten City. Um, now, again, I haven't played any of these. I've only read and watched uh, streams of most of these titles. Um, so, you know, for Forgotten City... Uh, as someone who enjoys uh, lore, who enjoys the story around a game, um, I, I don't necessarily need a whole bunch of action. Um, an, an, an interactive movie, if you will, uh, you know, some of these games where you you make decisions that alternate the the storyline, kind of like a Life is Strange, uh, where you play the role of the main character. Yeah, there's some interaction here and there, but the the real bread and butter is the story that the game tells. Uh, again, a big reason why Metal Gear Solid is one of my favorite games, if not my number one favorite game of all time, is because of the story they're able to tell. Yes, there's great gameplay in there as well, but the story was absolutely phenomenal, and that's what draws people in. For me, it's Forgotten City. The story is great. I absolutely love it, and it's not always about the action in the game as much as what they're trying to tell you while you play the game. Well, and it's a cool background, too. Like, I mean, yeah. this was originally a mod, and they turned it into a full-fledged game from there. And as you said, the story is very good. Uh, you get that essence of, like, Fallout and Skyrim type of Elder Scrolls stuff. I would also give it, like, a little bit of a Mass Effect edge to it as well. Kind of like John says, where different conversation options are really going to change the way the game plays out. So I, I agree. I think Forgotten City is phenomenal. I think any of these particular titles can easily deserve a vote. Um, but in the end, I will go Forgotten City as well. And it looks like chat was a little split on this one. Uh, total of, let me, I had to take a quick screenshot of it. Because yeah, it looked like three different some. categories got quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, Forgotten City uh, had the most votes. Uh, Artful Escape and Velheim got a vote as a couple of votes as well. Uh, so Forgotten City wins the chat vote. Uh, Forgotten City Joey wins the uh, co-hosts vote as well. Uh, so it looks like Forgotten City is going to be Level Up's uh, winner here for Debut Indie. Let's go. Good stuff there so far. Oh, This right. next one, okay. we're going to really need We're going to skip over this one. I think we're going to have gonna... to do it, actually, because we're going to have to have it to submit. Oh. Gross. So, Content creator of the year, uh, chat. This is where you come in. If you uh, if you know more information about any of these content creators than we do, please by all means make yourself known. Uh, Dream Fusel. Uh, I don't even know. I great. Like I don't even know how to say half of these. Like <laughs> it's it's honestly like one of those things where it's like you know content creators. Look, th this is the one bad thing about content creators. Uh Content creators come and go uh, so quick. Um, it is hard to build an audience. It's super easy to lose an audience. Uh, it's very hard to gain influence. It's super easy to lose influence. And we see it time and time again. Uh, content creator 
Um, burnout is real. It happens every single day. We hear a lot of the big names talk about it. They'll talk about how they take like a three-day vacation from streaming. They come back and they've lost like 80,000 subs. You know, th- th- there is real-world consequences uh, to not streaming, to not creating content. Um, it is a vicious cycle. Uh, it's a great way to make a living if you're able to grow your audience to that point. But at the same time, it's a lot of stress. It's a lot of pressure. Um, so I feel like that uh, that cycle, the, the uh, if you will, the turnover in content creation happens so often that unless you're like really in, ingrained into the content creation community and you're paying attention and you're watching hours and hours and hours of streamers, up and coming streamers, the next biggest thing, I feel like there's almost no way you're going to know every single content creator out there. Yeah, I really don't know enough about these guys. Um, I believe Fussly, I think is how it's pronounced. She's over at 100 Thieves. But other than that, I really don't know too much. Uh, Ibae or Ibai has worked with G2 before, I believe. He's a Spanish content creator. Yeah, I really, really don't know too much about any of these people. So I'm kind of abstaining on this one. But chat, you get the vote here. Who chat. are you going with? No, oh, Chat's gosh. betraying us. Chat is betraying us right now. Every single person, equal votes. Across the board right now. Come on, There's chat. still time to break the freaking tie. And you better break the tie because I don't know who we're going to pick. This is just... Oh. Like, what is Dream, dude? Does anyone know who Dream is? I'm I feel so right bad, now, like, so. not knowing who these people are. But it's like, um... Dream is a is Minecraft a... streamer. Oh. Minecraft. Look at that. I don't think T-Spans is in here tonight, but I feel like that would get T-Spans vote. Oh, probably. OG Flavortown wants to be the break here. Who are you voting for, OG? Uh, let's see. Was Okay, so it ends in a tie. Wow, chat. Come on. You've been great up until now. Uh, Dream and... Uh, f- what did you say? Foolsy? I think it's... Fussly for you. Fussly? <laughs> there we go. All right. Uh, so it's going to be our Minecraft person and uh, what would you say? Um, 100 Thieves? Okay. We're going to run this back. We're going to do a very quick vote. <laughs> it's going to be one minute on the clock. It needs to be less than one minute. And, well, that one minute is as low as I can be. Um, <laughs> okay, guys. Get those votes in. Go, go, go. And we'll see who they come up with. Um, I, I know who Fussly is or Fuzzly or Foosly. Uh, I can't pronounce her name, so that minus points for me. Uh, but she does work with 100 Thieves, so I have heard of her before. Dream, again, Minecraft is a huge game. Uh, apparently a Minecraft creator. So that's always a big plus. That community's giant. So I think either one of these could deserve the vote, John. Uh, I'm kind of surprised with the lineup this year. I want to say I knew everyone in this lineup last year. Like Valkyrie was in there. I think Courage might have been in there. Yep. Ninja might have been in there. Uh, these, I'm not going to say are no-name creators because I'm sure they have giant audiences. I just personally have not heard of them, as if you have not. So uh, we are we're not the best to vote on this category. But level up. That's why you're here. Uh, it does look like votes are starting to come through here, and we will have a clear winner. Yeah, they are leaning towards one versus the other right now as 
Voting is ending, and Joey, it is the content creator that we don't know how to pronounce her name. Uh, so we're just going to click on her picture, congratulate her for being the best content creator of the year and winning the Level Up vote, and we are moving on. We are <laughs> moving, like making moves, John. Next up is Best Multiplayer. Quite a few games in here that we have had a chance to try, so let's go ahead and read those off. All right, Best Multiplayer for this year, Back for Blood. Knockout City, It Takes Two. Monster Hunter Rise, New World, and Valheim. Uh, Joey, uh, I'll give you some time here to type out the uh, ch- uh, the poll for chat. Um, there's a lot of interesting uh, titles here. Um, New World, uh, the game from Amazon Games. Uh, Amazon did not exactly have the best debut when it came to entering the gaming space. Uh, but New World is their uh, MMORPG that they have put out. Uh, They got a lot of content creators uh, to stream it in uh, beta when it was in closed beta to build up a lot of hype around it. When it came out, a lot of people flocked over to it, especially with everything going over on at Blizzard Activision. A lot of the MMORPG people out there are looking for something new. They thought this would be a great opportunity to jump on a new game and try something else. Uh, There's a lot of content creators and streamers, Joey, that you and I watch that stopped playing their normal games and made the jump over to New World. Now, that lasted for about a month. Uh, Then the numbers started to drop like crazy. Uh, If there's anything harder in the world than making a video game, it's gaining a community and keeping the community. Uh, The MMORPG community is probably one of the most vocal and critical communities out there. Uh, Just ask every single MMORPG out there that has come before. Uh, the, the subs swing left and right up and down, uh, the amount of content you have to put out. It's a live service game. The expansion packs, it's rough. It's really rough. And new worlds is, is, is seeing that, uh, that, uh, a struggle here early on in its life with its numbers starting to drop off, uh, pretty hard after it's, it's pretty stellar debut, uh, Monster Hunter is an absolutely fantastic gaming series. It's absolutely massive uh, over in Japan. It has a nice following here in the U.S. as well. Uh, I know Chipmunks uh, plays it here in the OTN Discord. Uh, is a big uh, Monster Hunter uh, a fan. Enjoys playing those games as well. It's a fantastic game and rightfully deserves to be on here as well. Knockout City, uh, the dodgeball-style game from EA, uh, gets a lot of uh, uh, hype as well. Back for Blood, as much as I hate zombie games, I thought was pretty fun to play. Was very uh, uh, intrigued by it. It gets very sweaty very quick. Um, I, I think this one's tough, and I, I haven't played It Takes Two, but I know you've played It Takes Two uh, with some OTN members as well. So I'm curious your take here before I cast my vote. Well, I'm going to say I admitted It Takes Two. It's not in the voting here for chat. Uh, when I think multiplayer, I think more than two people. Two people to me is a co-op yeah. experience, so I have removed that one because we only had five slots, and it seemed like that was the easiest one to remove. Uh, I'm with you, John. I think Back for Blood was lots of fun. I really want to dive back into that game, and I wouldn't say the story is anything great, but there's quite a few weapons out there, quite a few enemies. There's a story? They've, yeah, I know, right? Uh, they've been adding some good stuff in there as well, which I think is great. Um, on top of that, the card system kind of adds to the replayability of it. Uh, it kind of it hit some of that Left 4 Dead vibe. Sure, it had issues at the beginning, but I feel like a lot of that has been corrected at this point, uh, and the new seasons have been pretty strong. 
Knockout City. Uh, we, I know OG Flavortown's voting for that here in chat. Uh, it's a fun game too. I think there's a lot of good customization options in particular at that game. Uh, typical is like your 3v3 vo- dodgeball type of game. Uh, a lot of fun stuff as far as like spinning the ball. There's unique balls like a low gravity ball. There's like a spike ball. There's a bomb ball. So I think as that game continues to grow, it's going to continue to add new content, not only just customizable options, but also new weapons or balls in a sense that kind of bring new abilities to the field. Uh, I'll skip over It Takes Two. Monster Hunter Rise, as you mentioned, big popular game out there. Uh, I don't really think of Monster Hunter when I think of co-op, though. It does have or multiplayer rather. It does have the experience available, but I wouldn't say it's like the greatest multiplayer experience uh, as you do have to kind of jump through some hoops here and there to kind of get the multiplayer to work. Uh, New World was phenomenal, but it fell off very hard after the first like couple weeks. So I'm going to take that one away. Valheim was similar, but it did last about six weeks. So in the end, I'm going to cast my vote for Back for Blood. I do think a lot of these are deserving, but Back for Blood for me, uh, really dominating October and part of November. And then continue to add new content in, I think, is a big win for that category. Yeah, Back for Blood is the way I'm leaning as well. Chat lean that way as well with 47% of the vote. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, a, a lot of titles here are getting a vote, uh, at least one uh, here across the board. But Back Back for Blood, 47% wins the Twitch chat vote. Uh, so it's a clean sweep. Both co-hosts and chat It's Back for Blood for Level Up leveling up good stuff john next up is best sports racing game this should be a hype category there is uh there's one title that people feel like has been snubbed there's another title that has been here a number of times uh, as well as some new fresh blood to the table all right best sports slash racing because driving cars is a sport that it will be a debate for another time i say driving a car is not uh but nonetheless uh they have included both of them here Uh, which does make this a little interesting. So you have F1 2021, your Formula One racing, which is very big in Europe. FIFA 22, one of the best, if not the best sports title globally. Uh, FIFA 22, EA's uh, (laughs) new, in in, uh, quotations there, uh, soccer slash football game uh, simulator, if you will. Forza Horizon 5 from Playground Games, uh, gets nominated here as well. Hot Wheels Unleashed and Riders Republic. Uh, Joey, let's go ahead and talk about the big elephant in the room. Uh, the the Mercedes AMG sized elephant, if you will. Um, that is uh, Forza Horizon 5. Uh, this is a game that a lot of people uh, feel like they should have been nominated for Game of the Year. Yes, fully well understanding it came out towards the end of the year. That's completely fine. It's also completely irrelevant. Um, the hype around this game from when it was announced, the technology that is packed into this game, uh, the fact that, you know, Forza is just an all around great racing title. It's a great game. It's a great series, but that jump to, uh, Forza five, I feel like it's very difficult to make those kinds of jumps in games that have been around forever. Yes, obviously it had uh, the benefit of a new console coming out, new technology to aid it as well. Um, But aside from Microsoft Flight Simulator, uh, nothing touches the graphics that you see in in Forza Horizon 5. It is such a good game. It is smooth. Aside from a couple online bugs here and there, it is one of the cleanest 
smoothest and just all-around enjoyable experiences in a video game that I have played in years, in absolute years. I love FIFA. I love soccer. Joey, you and I are big soccer fans. We, we talk about soccer all the time. We wake up at the butt crack of dawn to watch the EPL, to watch the German Bundesliga. Uh, we torture ourselves and watch MLS also. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, we enjoy soccer. Like, FIFA is a big game for us also. Um, but FIFA doesn't get me that excited anymore. Like, it feels like it's the same game year in and year out. EA hasn't done anything. Then you add in all the drama uh, with uh, FIFA and EA that's currently going on. You know, they've, they've agreed to part ways. I believe it's after next year's title. You know, that's that's going to affect that series also. You know, not holding that against FIFA 22. FIFA 22 is a great game, but not in comparison to Forza. Forza gets my vote. I don't even think it's close. I apologize to all the other nominees in there. Forza gets it for me, hands down. Yeah, I think Forza is the easy win here. A couple notables, obviously FIFA in here every single year, similar to League of Legends, but the difference being League actually changed things year to year. Forza, or I mean <laughs> FIFA rather, changes a couple things. Uh, I know you have mentioned quite a few blessings for the career mode this year as far as uh, different changes that you've been wanting to see for years that have finally come to the game. Uh, Hot yes. Wheels Unleashed also reviewed very well. A lot of people love that game. I've seen footage. I haven't played it myself, but it looks pretty good overall. Uh, Riders Republic is, again, similar to a unique idea that we did see released, uh, Ubisoft coming out, uh, kind of playing on the Battle Royale aspect to a bit, but also just the social interaction aspect, uh, bringing everyone together in these kind of like big mountain races, whether they be on icy terrain or Grand Canyon-esque terrain, uh, bringing everyone together on these different boards and bikes and all this good stuff. So I love the idea. I love the unique appeal to it. But overall, Forza Horizon 5, John, I mean... Graphically, I think it's the best game this year. Probably the best graphic game we've ever seen to date at this point. Uh, really a showcase of the next-gen consoles. On top of that, the engine sounds are phenomenal. I mean, there's like 430-something cars in this game. Everything has its own engine sound. The weather systems, 2,000 weather systems. I didn't even know 2,000 weather systems existed. Like, it's crazy the amount of detail in this game overall. Progression is, I wouldn't say it's the greatest progression, and I would say the multiplayer has issues, but overall the game, whether it be the story, whether it be the aspects of the different cars and the unique decals and paint jobs you can give them, uh, the progression of buying houses and bonuses and wheel spins, like if you want to do loot boxes, I think Forza does a really good job of loot boxes as well. Everything's earnable in game. You're not really buying them either, uh, so you don't kind of hit on that predatory sense that some other games have. Uh, I just I think Forza does a lot right and very little wrong overall. And I think what they have done, like multiplayer, where there could be improvements, they'll come over time as well. So I yeah I think Forza is a very very clear winner over here. Uh, as John mentioned, I think they probably could have been even in the game of the year talk overall. Uh, unfortunately, not being named for that category, and we'll get into that later. But yeah, for racing games, for sports games, I think Forza just drives it home easily. Chat vote is in 80% for Forza Horizon 5. Chat gets it. They understood the assignment. Forza gets the win for level up. Uh, Joey, fun fact, FIFA got zero votes. Hey. Sorry, There you Pat. go, EA, because you're listening. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's still a game I enjoy to play. I'll probably be playing it after the show tonight because uh, I just... I enjoy it. I'm I'm a, I'm a glutton for punishment, Joey, is what it really comes <laughs> down to. Next up, this I think this is going to be interesting. Best sim slash strategy game. So simulation strategy game. 
Uh, here is the next category. Age of Empires 4 game. Joey, a game that you and I, uh, Panicking Pat, and a lot of other people have been playing. Uh, hitting that nostalgia bone right where it counts. Evil Geniuses 2, Humankind, Inscription, and Microsoft Flight Simulator. Uh, all titles well worthy of, of this category. Um, you know, the, the funny thing is, is like, I absolutely love Age of Empires. And a lot of the criticism Age of Empires is getting is reasons why I love it. Mainly, uh, people don't like the, the historical lessons that are, are given before, you know, each campaign uh, mode that you go into. Uh, each level that you go into that they don't like, uh, you know, the, the fact that, you know, very rarely in, in, in present day games does a studio focus on both a single player campaign and multiplayer where they're both incredible. It feels like like take COD, for example, the campaign has gone to absolute uh, dog water in a handbasket uh, for, for the for dog the PG. water in a handbasket. Yeah, that is quite um, the image. Well, yeah, because I I wanted to say something else, but it's a family show, Joe. It's a family show. (laughs) Um, But their multiplayer is their bread and butter. That's where they make their money. That's what they focus on. And that's completely fine. But if you're someone who also enjoys that solo campaign, that single player game mode, you want a good story. And that's what Age of Empires 4 gave you. Uh, I absolutely love it. I haven't played through all the campaigns. I mean, it, it's it's a very long campaign. I absolutely love it. I love the historical uh, videos that they put in there from time to time. Uh, there's no better way to understand society than learning from the past and, and realizing that the conflicts that took place back in the year 1200 uh, are roughly the same kinds of crap that we're dealing with today, just with technology and everything else. We haven't evolved as a people, so it's kind of funny. You learn from the past to go forward. I think it's absolutely fantastic. It's a game that I absolutely love. Now, I gave Forza Horizon 5 all the credit in the world for the graphics. I feel like the only other game that might beat it in terms of graphics is Microsoft Flight Simulator. Now, yes, it is It is a simulator, and I will give it to Asobo and, and Microsoft for trying to make this a game for everyone to play. I'm... My opinion, my own personal opinion, it is not a game for everyone to play. Uh, if you if you play on a computer, you have to have a joystick. It's almost play, uh, unplayable if it's just mouse and keyboard. If you're on the Xbox and you're playing with a controller, it's a little bit better, uh, at least in my opinion. But the amount of buttons and button combinations that go into it, look, it, it's honestly, truly a simulator. This is a series that has been around for decades, that has actually helped aid the learning of commercial airline pilots, of student pilots. Uh, To me, when I see Microsoft Flight Simulator, I don't see a video game. I see a true simulator with real-world implications. Um, And I absolutely love Flight Sim. I have spent so much of, of my teenage years playing Flight Sim, it's not even funny. Uh, staying up to three, four, five o'clock in the morning. It's, it, it's, a, it's an honest to God thing that that happened. Um, but to me, it, it's not a real game. It is a real world asset. Uh, so my vote would be for Age of Empires. I know they're not going to win. I'm completely fine with that. It's probably going to be Microsoft Flight Sim, and I'm really happy for them. Uh, but to me, in comparison to everything else, 
I feel like they're in a completely different category than what we have here on screen. Yeah, it's an easy dub for Flight Sim here, in my opinion. I mean, just the fact that, one, this is the first time they've launched it on a console as well, and I think that's another reason yeah. to kind of put it up here. Uh, as John said, it's been a staple really for years now, decades even. It's been out there training pilots. It's just phenomenally well done as a game, uh, or as a simulation, rather. But then to move it onto console, to keep that same graphic fidelity on a console is just insane to me. The live weather patterns, when we're having hurricanes happen, like on the Atlantic, people are actually flying out there because of the live weather from Bing. It's legit the weather happening right there on screen as well. So it is just crazy to me how the live weather data has really been implemented so effectively. And again, moving it over to console, I think, is another big win. Now, John, while I would agree with you, it's not as much of a game type of thing with this being a simulation category as well. Uh, I do think it does have the edge in here. Age of Empires, I'm with you, though. I love the historical videos. I think that's great. Uh, it doesn't necessarily play into the strategy aspect of the game itself, but it does give some backstory, some lore, in a sense, uh, to the actual historical happenings there. Uh, one thing that downgrades Age of, or Age of Empires for me is it's only like eight civilizations at launch. Uh, I think that's a little bit lacking compared to some games like Civilization. Uh, even Humankind has more civs out there. So I feel like if they had some more civs in there, I might give them the edge. Uh, but with that in mind, plus the really technological wonders that came out with Flight Sim, I do give it to Flight Sim here. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think Flight Sim is going to win, but I, I, I have my reasons why I think it should be in a completely separate category. But that's just me. Uh, Flight Sim gets the vote, and rightfully so, for Level Up going forward. Joe, we're going to try to speed things up here a little bit. Yeah, we are running um, a little bit longer than <laughs> we were expecting here, so we do have quite a few categories to get through. Uh, thanks for so sticking we'll just, with us here, chat. Let's just do rapid fire here until we get to maybe games for impact, and then we'll we'll do... We'll, I have no idea where that is, uh, but I am good for whatever you want. I can talk... As long as we need to. <laughs> okay. Uh, let me remember where we're at. Okay. So we're at Best Family. Uh, it takes two Mario Party superstars, new, new Pokemon Snap, Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury, and WarioWare get it together. Who doesn't love Wario? Absolutely fantastic. Uh, Joey, to me, when I think family games, I think Mario Party. I think Mario Kart. I think those large party games, um, I have not played the new Pokemon Snap because I do not own a Switch. I played the old Pokemon Snap. I still have it for my N64. Uh, I absolutely love Pokemon Snap. But for me, if I'm thinking a best family game, I'm thinking a best party game. And to, for me, that's Mario Party. So I'm going to give it to Mario Party Superstars. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I disqualify most of these. I think what they're going for is kind of like E for everyone. But like you said, with family, I'm thinking multiple users. It takes two as two users. Pokemon Snap is small as well. Super Mario is small. So it's pretty much Wario or Mario Party versus WarioWare. Uh, WarioWare is a bit, um, let's go with edgy. It might be the best way to describe it. Uh, it might not be for everyone. So by that, I think Mario Party, Mario Party, well, good. I think almost wins a default here for me. 100% agree. Uh, looking at chat right now, uh, just for sake of time right now, it looks like it's all going in favor of Mario Party Superstars. So we'll go ahead and just close that one out. Joey, you and I both agree there. Chat's leaning that way as well. So we will give it to Mario Party Superstars uh, for Best Family. 
Joey's number one topic right here, best fighting, best fighting game. We have Demon Slayer, Guilty Gear, Melty Blood, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl, and Virtual Fighter S, or is that five? Whatever. Uh, Ultimate Showdown. I love how they do that. I think, I think that's a... Uh... Where are you going for over that's there? A five. That's a five. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's or definitely a five. five. <laughs> I'm yeah, sorry. I just, the, so there's, there's a bright light right here. So looking at this screen, I have to combat that, that light. And uh, it's like you can't see white lettering at all. Combat so, of the lighting. Yeah, for real. Uh, Joey, I, I'm not a big fighter game uh, player. I, I could not tell you what makes one better than the other. Uh, I love the fact that Patrick can beat the crap out of SpongeBob. Uh, so Nickelodeon's going to get my vote, just purely for that reasoning. Yeah, I mean, this one's tough for me. Like, Demon Slayer, I think, is fun, but you also still have a lot of these anime-type games already out there, like Dragon Ball and Naruto. They all get them as well. Uh, Guilty Gear is a staple. They've been around for a while, Strive being the newest one in that. Uh, Melty Blood, I have no idea what that is. It sounds kind of icky. Uh, Nickelodeon, again, <laughs> I think is unique. It kind of brings that Super Smash Brother aspect to Nickelodeon characters, and it's kind of different and unique. Uh, and then Virtua Fighter has been around for a while. So for me, this is between either Guilty Gear or Nickelodeon. I am going to give the edge to Nickelodeon because it is something new. I commend them for trying something. And it has been pretty popular in October. All right. Joey the Patrick main <laughs> going Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl gets the vote. Moving on, best role-playing game. We have Cyberpunk 2077. Monster Hunter Rise, Scarlet Nexus, uh, oh boy, Shen Megami, Tensei Five, five. yeah, Tales of Arise. I was, I was getting there. I was getting there. Uh, Joey, best role playing game. Um, you know, again, Monster Hunter again uh, has that great, fantastic community worldwide. It's not as big in North America as it is in in a lot of Asian countries. Uh, then I feel like we have to go take a look at Cyberpunk. Uh, Cyberpunk is a fantastic game as long as you were playing it on PC. If you played it on console, you had a horrific experience. Uh, you had to wait how long for a patch that was almost as big as the game? What was it? it was like a 36-gig patch. That is not a patch. That is an expansion pack. <laughs> that, that is not a patch. A 36-gig patch? Absolutely not. There were how many pages? Like, we made fun of it here on Level Up. We scrolled for like five full minutes Going through all the patch notes, just straight up just going, scroll, scroll, scroll. But if you played it on PC, you had a fantastic experience. The bugs have been getting fixed. Uh, Cyberpunk is a victim of, uh, of that crunch that we hear a lot of studios talk about, that a lot of game de designers and engineers come out and talk about burnout. Uh, that last push trying to meet that deadline, and they push out an incomplete product. That's what Cyberpunk was victim of. Um, a lot of things have been fixed. A lot of people who have played it, who have uh, ignored the bugs, played the story, absolutely love it. Um, so I will actually give it to Cyberpunk. I think they responded well. I think they fixed a lot of their issues. I applaud them for being open and, and, and forward after the game came out and just realized it was just, it should have been delayed again, is honestly what it came down to. It should have been delayed. They pushed it out there. They were open. They were transparent after it came out, and it fell flat on its face for console users. I feel like they've bounced back pretty well. Uh, I'm going to give it to Cyberpunk. 
Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, this one's tough. <laughs> I mean, overall, Cyberpunk, it did come out last year technically, but it does fall within this year for the cycle. Uh, I think the one unique thing here is that it's four JRPGs versus one Western RPG. So very heavily Japanese-style RPGs here. Uh, Tales of Arise are the best that series has ever done. Shin Megami Tensei has come out and got some pretty high critical praise. Uh, Scarlet Nexus is a new, completely new IP. I think they've done very well. And then Monster Hunter, as you said, a staple. Uh, really franchise worldwide. So I do like that Cyberpunk is something a little different. Uh, I do like the Scarlet Nexus is something a little different. Uh, I, I think S Cyberpunk, if you play it on the right platform, and again, I have not played it myself, um, but I do feel like it deserves a lot of praise when it does function properly. And I think because of that, because of the depth behind the game, uh, I do think it probably is going to be the winner here. I would not be surprised to see Monster Hunter or Tales of Rise take this either, though. What's your vote? Uh, I will go Cyberpunk as well. We'll keep it moving Cyberpunk with it Cyberpunk. <laughs> All right. Best action adventure game. Uh, this one should be interesting. Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet & Clank, Rift Apart, and Resident Evil Village. Um, Joey, that disclaimer at the top of the show, we do not own a PlayStation 5. Um, I have still yet to see one in person. I do not believe they exist. You cannot convince me they do until I see it. It's as simple as that. Uh, so unfortunately, me growing up on the PlayStation, I've played Ratchet and Clank quite a bit. I have not played Rift Apart. I have watched it. It looks great. It looks like a Ratchet and Clank game. It sounds like it. It just, I'm super excited for it. Um, I have not seen it all the way through. Uh, it's gotten great reviews. That's absolutely fine and dandy. I, I think it's a great game. Uh, the console exclusivity, it definitely hurts it, I think, in this case, because it's just so hard to get a PlayStation 5 right now. Uh, for me, though, having played Psychonauts 2, I love Psychonauts. I, I think it's an absolutely fantastic game. I love the art style. I love the gameplay. I love the story, and I love the message. Uh, it, it, is, it is a game that, yes, it's action-adventure. Yes, it's funny. Yes, it's cartoony. But the big message behind mental health in that game takes it to a whole nother level. And if there's anything that the last 18 months has taught us as a society is mental health definitely needs to be in the conversation of everyday health and well-being for people of all ages. Uh, the pandemic affected a lot of people, not just financially, not just job-wise but mentally as well. It's a serious topic, and there's no better way to help educate people about the importance of mental health awareness than using a video game as a platform to kind of give another visual take on what mental health could look like for somebody else. Um, I know one of the levels that sticks out to me is when you're uh, in the Psychonauts Academy and you have to connect the thought bubbles and when you connect the bubbles incorrectly, you hear that character try to make sense of it. And you can hear the frustration. You can hear the, the, the anger, the angst, the confusion, uh, and just kind of like that thought process of what not being able to think clearly can do to a person on the inside. You may not, you may not be able to see it, but if you were able to see inside or hear inside of their thought process, you could see that that person was struggling. That's one of the big things with mental health. It's not always on the front. It's not always being able to be seen. A lot of times it's something that people keep 
very close to themselves because society sees it as a weakness. It's not a weakness. Everyone deals with mental health. Psychonauts 2 does a fantastic job at doing it. It's a great game. It looks great. It sounds great. It plays great and has a fantastic message. That gets my vote. Yeah, to keep it short and simple, Psychonauts 2 is going to get my vote as well. Uh, I was between two games here, Psychonauts 2 and Ratchet and & Clank. Uh, as John said, unfortunately for Ratchet, I do not have a PS5. So maybe had I played through it myself, I would be a little bit more inclined there, getting the actual uh, haptic feel of the controller as it plays through. But overall, based on seeing both games, I think Psychonauts, uh, it's a slight edge. It's not a very big edge. But overall, I think the mental health stuff that John touched on, the level design, I think is also very unique and phenomenal. I mean, one is like a practical dentist office, and then you have a bowling alley, and I'm not going to spoil everything, but there's some very, very unique levels throughout. So I think the level design is another big thing that moves me forward, uh, as well as all the unique skills that you kind of unlock throughout the game. So I am a big fan of both of them, but Psychonauts 2 gets my vote. That that dentist office one was just... It's a little cringe ugh. at times. Like I don't like yeah, it. Yeah, it's a little, a little oof. Up next, best action game, Back for Blood, Chivalry 2, Deathloop, Far Cry 6, and Returnal. Uh, I, I feel like this is another one that has a chance of being a little controversial. Uh, we, we, we sang the praises of Back for Blood. Um, you know, it's a great multiplayer game. It, it, it plays well, has great replayability. Uh, Far Cry 6, the Far Cry series is absolutely fantastic. What a freaking lineup Far Cry had also. Uh, for Far for Far Cry Six, um, just a star-studded voice acting lineup. Graphics are great. It's another great game uh, from Ubisoft. Uh, absolutely fantastic. Uh, Deathloop. A lot of big praises for for Deathloop as well. A very good game uh, for me though, Joey. And and I can't believe I'm going to say this. I'm leaning towards Back for Blood. Uh, I, I feel like it, it's a game that's packed with action. Every time you play it. Yeah, after a while, you might know what's coming, but you really don't know what's coming because those hordes of zombies just never end. And if you're playing with somebody else, somebody new, and they mess with those crows, good luck. Uh, Back for Blood is just keeps everything so fresh constantly every time you play through it. That gets my vote because in an action game, I want to be able to play something multiple times and have it feel new and exciting every single playthrough. Yeah, I think I'm a little split on this one. I would probably vote between Deathloop and Returnal personally. I think Returnal brings something new and unique to the table. Uh, Deathloop being that very highly praised game, some really cool mechanics. Uh, as far as like time loop aspects where you're replaying things, you're strategizing as you go forward. And sure, there is action, um, but I do think one of the points you made is the high action in Back for Blood. That's something Returnal has as well, but Back for Blood very much uh, it changes every single time. Returnal has some of those changes too, uh, but Back for Blood, you add in that co-op aspect as well. So if John runs over the crows and alerts them, the whole group has to deal with the consequences. Yes. With that being said, I think there's just constant action going there. Uh, a lot of communication between the cooperative teams. So I, I could, while my vote personally would probably go for Deathloop, I could easily see Back for Blood. And chat gave them big, big votes earlier, John, so I wouldn't be surprised if that is the final level up vote here. Uh, Back for Blood? Yeah, I think that could probably win. Yeah, it. okay. I mean, I'm cool with Deathloop too. I mean, it's a fantastic game. My only thing is I haven't really played it that yeah, much. Yeah, so. I think Back for Blood. I mean, chat really like Back for Blood on the earlier categories. They're still pulling in votes here. So I think overall, Back for Blood is the win. Best VR slash AR game. We have Hitman 3. I expect you to die too because you didn't die the first time. <laughs> uh, Lone Echo 2, Resident Evil 4, and Sniper Elite VR. Because uh, there's nothing greater than a sniper game with a headset on. 
Um, <laughs> I, I don't own VR. I've never played any of these games. Uh, Hitman is a great series. I, I know there's, there's a big following there uh, for Hitman. I, I would have expected that to be absolutely fantastic as well. Uh, Resident Evil, same thing. Uh, another great series, another great title. You add it to the VR slash AR scene. And just brings an extra element to that game, to that story, to the characters that people love in that series. Um, for me, just because I've always enjoyed Hitman games, I'm going to give it to Hitman. Yeah, I'll be honest. I did not even know Hitman had a VR aspect until I saw these nominations <laughs> coming out. Uh, Hitman 3, a lot of people were voting for Game of the Year, though, so maybe it's just as good in VR. Uh, like John, I don't have a VR headset, as many of you guys know, so I have not had too much experience with any of these. Uh, I did see T-Spans in the OTN chat play through some I Expect You to Die 2 levels. Uh, very cool. Think like um, Escape Room with killer aspects to it. Uh, it's a really fun game, and I think that one could be deserving the vote here. Um, but John, yeah, I'm not opposed to going Hitman either. I think Hitman is a very good franchise, and I think they do a lot of things really well. And moving that to VR, I think, could be very unique. So we're going to go Hitman? Let's do it. Sure, why not? Hitman needs some love. 13 to go. Innovation in accessibility presented by a car company I will never buy in Forza Horizon 5. <laughs> um, Far Cry 6, Forza Horizon 5, shocker. Uh, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, Ratchet and Crank, uh, Ratchet and Clank, not Crank, Rift Apart, and The Veil, Shadow of the Crown are your titles for innovation and accessibility. This is recognizing software or hardware that is pushing the medium forward by adding features, technology, and content to help games be played and enjoyed by an even wider audience. Uh, these are things like uh, colorblind mode, um, uh, you know, uh, a menu voice, uh, you know, coming out there and, and reading if, 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 you know, maybe there's like a, a gamer that's reading impaired, um, you know, you have the Microsoft uh, adaptable controller uh, for the Xbox uh, that is uh, compatible with a lot of their games out there. Are games able to use that? Are games uh, creating ways to utilize that accessibility controller to expand to even more gamers? Is there a deaf gaming mode? Is there like there are so many things out there that make um, these games qualified for this content? Um, Joey, I, my votes could be for Forza Horizon 5. Uh, for for kind of a funny reason, I can't get that dang voice off of the menu. I've turned it off multiple times, and it's a bug. It keeps coming back on. It works incredibly well. Uh, <laughs> if you need if you need the game to read the the menu, what you're selecting to you, I think it's absolutely fantastic. Went through the menu options a little bit earlier this week. Take a look at all their accessibility. Um, they have options out the wazoo of making that game for everyone. I think it's very, very impressive. I'm going to give it to Forza Horizon 5. I think they did a fantastic job making this accessible for everyone. Yeah, I think all of the five of these games deserve to be here, but Forza definitely gets my nod as well. Uh, I think from the sound side, the sound design in the game is so phenomenal that if you're blind, for example, you will be able to hear sound cues very effectively in-game. On top of that, languages. I have never, at least to my knowledge, seen a game do sign language in-game. Forza is adding sign language this year, so I think that's another step forward in accessibility. Uh, you mentioned the adaptable controller from Xbox, uh, usable, I think, at least with Xbox consoles and PC at this point. Forza is another game that really capitalizes on that controller technology, too. So those three reasons, plus many more, I think Forza has really made some nice strides uh, and really got the start going for some of these new accessibility features in the industry. 
And really, kudos to, to every single title here uh, for making that extra effort uh, to make sure that your title is available to uh, gamers uh, of all walks of life. Uh, I, I think it's I think it's absolutely fantastic that that studios are, are making a push to make sure everyone can enjoy their games. Next up, John, we have best community support: Apex Legends <laughs> from Respawn Entertainment, Destiny Two from Bungie, Final Fantasy, I believe, fourteen online from Square Enix, Fortnite from Epic Games, and No Man's Sky from Hello Games. Uh, I know we've seen some of these games before. It feels like we've seen most of them before. Uh, is there one for you that has really stood out in twenty twenty one, moving things forward? I mean, look, I, I'll be honest. As much as I personally hate Fortnite, uh, Epic Games has been very upfront about everything they're doing for Fortnite. Uh, whether it's, yeah, we're going to change a patch before a multi-million dollar esports tournament, and we don't care. We don't, I mean, look, if it's best community support, which is uh, being uh, transparent and be responsive to your community and uh, updating your game, Fortnite does an amazing job. I mean, Epic will literally change the game and not care one bit what the backlash is because people still play it. Apex Legends came out. It was absolutely hot, kind of fell off because they didn't listen to the community. It took them a little bit to build that up time and time again. Destiny 2, I have my own personal issues with. I'm going to completely ignore them. Final Fantasy, I I think, is another great option. Uh, Square Enix does a great job being very transparent. No Man's Sky, talk about, again, a, another game. Started out bad, became good. The studio, uh, Hello Games, very, very transparent after a very bad launch uh, about the direction they were going to take the game. And they did it, and the community is very, very happy for it. But I'm going to give it to Fortnite because Fortnite don't care. Epic Games don't care. They will change the game with millions of dollars on the line, and they'll tell you about it too. So kudos to them for that. Yeah, I think one thing that makes a few of these stand out, so Apex Legends, Destiny 2, and No Man's Sky, these are all games that started off very hot and then fell off. Come 2021, they have seen that support rise. They are listening to the community more, so I think that is big props to those three. But of the other two here, Final Fantasy never really saw a big fall off. If anything, it's been gaining more and more people from World of Warcraft uh, with everything going on at Blizzard right now. And Fortnite, it feels like, yes, they've lost some users here and there to other games, whether it be Halo, whether it be New World from Amazon, uh, people are jumping here and there to try different things, but it seems like everyone still comes back to Fortnite and their battle pass, with everything going on at the Halo battle pass, everyone is still looking to Fortnite's battle pass as the grand example in the industry for that and their constant communication with the fans, whether they like it or not on certain things, like John mentioned, the esports moves, uh, they have done a good job making unique events like the concerts going on in game and really listening to what artists fans want to bring in and making different events a part of it and different community play style playlists. So again, it hurts almost to vote for Fortnite here. Uh, I do think apex could easily take this as could destiny, but I will go Fortnite overall. Yeah, well, Fortnite has concerts, but Roblox had 21 pilots. Hey, so I'm and there. Squid Game, which is pretty fun. And, yeah, <laughs> so I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and click on Fortnite. We're going to move on because I just don't want to look at that anymore. Uh, best mobile game, Joey, this is all you um, because there's only one mobile game I play, and it's not nominated. I think they got absolutely shafted. Uh, Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, uh, the game Joey got me hooked and addicted to. Thank you, Joey. I appreciate that. Uh, is the only mobile game I play because everything else sucks. Uh, Fantasian Genshin Impact, Genshin Impact, League of Legends, Wild Rift, which I did play a little bit. I did like that. Uh, Marvel Future Revol- uh, Revolution and Pokemon Unite. Uh, Joy, if I made a pick, it'd be League of Legends, Wild Rift, because it was actually a fun version of League of Legends. 
Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Your Fantasian is locked behind the whole Apple App Store subscription thing. So that one, I would be very surprised if it wins, even though it does look pretty cool. Genshin Impact, having an impact worldwide, doing really well, but mainly on the PC side. Uh, it does pull in quite a few mobile users from China, uh, as well as just Asia in general. So I think that one is worth noting. But the most popular mobile game in its launch, or ever since its launch, League of Legends Wild Rift. Uh, League of Legends just dominates overall worldwide. They've done a good job adapting the art, adapting the map, adapting the uh, even the skills involved in the game to kind of make it more mobile friendly. So I do think that is the obvious winner here. Marvel games are always going to be included. And then Pokemon Unite, while it is pretty unique and a nice take on the mobile genre, it is still going to fall behind the real king of MOBAs in League of Legends. So League of Legends Wild Rift will take the level up vote. Watch Arcane if you have not. Yes. If you have Netflix, watch it. Get out there, watch Arcane. Next up, John, is best indie game. We have 12 minutes. Death's Door, Inscription, Kenna Bridge of Spirits, and Loop Hero. This is an easy dub for me. While I think certain games like 12 Minutes, Inscription, all of these bring some unique stories to the table, Death's Door is phenomenal. I cannot advertise it enough. If you see that game full price or even on sale, go ahead and purchase it. Uh, it plays similar to... Um, Let's go with the older Zelda kind of Link games back in the day. Uh, really unique art style, really fun. You're literally a lightsaber-wielding crow, if that's not enough. I don't know what else to offer you guys. Uh, it's up there. It would have been in the game of the year list for me, so I'm easily picking Death Store here. Darth Crobius is what we're going to call it. I mean, him. dude, it's a lightsaber-wielding crow. Like, how can you go <laughs> wrong with that? Best ongoing game. Apex Legends, Final Fantasy, Fortnite, Genshin Impact, and Call of Duty Warzone. Yes, the same Call of Duty that makes you download the complete game. Enjoy all 135 gigs for a 30-gig game uh, that you have to put onto your system. Um, Joey, I honestly hate this, but I feel like this is Fortnite's to lose again. Uh, again, Apex Legends has started to make strides uh, after uh, their great start. They fell off. They're starting to regain that. Final Fantasy, again, like you said, People are going there because of everything going on with Blizzard Activision. I think that has a strong chance, possibly, of upsetting Fortnite here. Uh, Warzone, hackers, still a big issue. Don't care. Writing you off right now. Uh, I think it comes down to Final Fantasy and Fortnite, uh, but I do think Fortnite takes it. Yeah, I mean, it's the top three for me. It's Apex Legends, Final Fantasy, or Fortnite. Uh, it, this seems kind of, like, redundant in a sense. Like, community support and ongoing both feel like the same category. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, I mean, ongoing, like, Fortnite has just been consistent. Like, I feel like this year Apex has made great strides, so has Final Fantasy fourteen. But, yeah, if you want to vote based on consistency, I think Fortnite has been there. It's seen little dips here and there, but overall they've been just very consistent. Net map changes coming in, very good battle pass, according to the community. They have really good, like, crossovers for skins. So uh, I personally might lean toward Apex, but, John, I am perfectly fine with the Fortnite vote. As much as it hurts to say that, I do think they've done a very good job ongoing. I'm not fine with the Fortnite vote, so we're just going to do it real quick. As soon as it's placed, we're going to move on. Games for Impact. This is a, this is a category I really love, um, if you can't tell. Before Your Eyes, Boyfriend Dungeon. Hello. <laughs> yeah, you literally date swords right in that game, it. I'm pretty sure, is what I've heard. Yeah. Uh, Shikori, A Color for Tale, Life is Strange, True Colors, and No Longer Home. Joey, I can go on for hours, if not days, about how phenomenal Life is Strange series is. Uh, I love every single game. They all have a special place uh, in my uh, gamer heart, if you will. Uh, while I don't think True Colors was the best Life is Strange game out there, 
I do think it had a very, very positive message uh, in there. I, I don't think the overall story was anything too special, but I feel like where the impact comes is comes in in this game is the main character, her own personal struggles with her own self-identity, um, coming into a new community, um, meeting her brother again for the first time in, in years, coming from a, a broken family. These are all things that real-life gamers can connect with. And I think they did a great job at developing her character uh, that uh, a lot of people can identify with either her struggle or something that um, is going on in their life. They can kind of see that in this game as well. Um, I think all of these games are fantastic. They all hit on amazing uh, topics that affect gamers worldwide. I'm going to give it to Life is Strange. I, I Again, I don't think it's the strongest Life is Strange game out there, but I still think overall the uh, the big impactful message it sent about self identity and and being and becoming okay with who you are and that acceptance in a community is absolutely massive. Yeah, I think that's easily a good choice here. Uh, I mean, overall, as you mentioned, that series is just very powerful. And one of the things they do extremely well is hit on like real time issues. So not just issues that have happened here and there. It's just literally stuff that is in the news every day. So I think they do a very good job with that, even staying real in tune with the current generation. I have not had a chance to play a lot of these, unfortunately. Um, I do like the look of Chicory as well. I think it's cool. Uh, it's by the makers of Celeste. It's also a paint-based game. So you're kind of adding color and overcoming... Um, I mean, Celeste really dealt with a lot of like overcoming depression and suicidal thoughts. I think it's similar here with Chicory, just kind of adding color into different aspects. Uh, being challenging where you're trying to overcome things and solve puzzles as well. So I do like it, but overall, I am perfectly fine with Life is Strange, John. I think Life is Strange, True Colors. Uh, while you said it isn't the most unique of the bunch, it hasn't really brought as much to the table as some of the other ones in the past, it still does a very good job bringing quite a few unique elements. Yeah, um, the game that probably had the, uh, Life is Strange 2 had a really big uh, shock uh, and twist at the end that had a huge impact uh, on my own personal reflection. And also a game called Tell Me Why uh, by Don't Not as well um, that uh, used to do Life is Strange with Square Enix. This was a separate one. Uh, same kind of style of game. Tell Me Why uh, shook me to my core. And I think it was an absolutely fantastic game. Another positive message uh, right along with Life is Strange. Uh, so definitely get in the vote there. Life is Strange. Definitely check those games out. If you are someone who enjoys story-based games where you play as the main character and you choose the ending based upon your interactions throughout the story and how you play, by all means, definitely a great game. But also just a warning, very heavy, very current-day topics uh, dating all the way back to the original Life is Strange. Um, you know, it, so, so, so please be prepared, um, you know, before you play these games, like, don't be afraid to read up on them before you play them. It's totally worth doing. So you know what you're getting yourself into. Don't catch yourself off guard, protect yourself and then enjoy the game. Next up on the slate is going to be best performance. Erica Mori as Alex Chen. We have Giancarlo Esposito as Anton Castillo, Jason Kelly as Colt Vaughn, Maggie Robertson as Lady uh, I never know how to pronounce this, but the lady from Resident Evil Village, Lady Dimitrescu or something like that. And then we have Oziyama Akagawa, 
uh, Juliana Blake. So overall, you got quite a few from Deathloop coming in here. You do have one from Resident Evil. You have Far Cry here by Giancarlo Esposito. And then you do have Life is Strange True Colors here with Alex Chen. I think while everyone here is very talented, John, uh, it's an easy win for Giancarlo Esposito for me. Uh, he's just a phenomenal actor overall. But moving over to the video game, uh, the way they've portrayed him in game is just very similar to his actual look. They did a really good job graphically, uh, but he just he really sells the character extremely well. It, it's not fair. You can't have Gustav Fring from from Breaking Bad uh, in, in this lineup. It's it's just not fair. I think uh, I think Erica Mori did a fantastic job as Alex Chen. Really brought a lot of character and life uh, to the Alex Chen character in the game. But Giancarlo Esposito, I mean, the man is is a Hollywood star for a reason. It's it's just not fair. He knocked it out of the park. What a, what a fantastic actor and voice actor. Next up is best audio design. We have Deathloop, Forza Horizon Five, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Resident Evil Village and Returnal. Uh, John, while I do like the sounds of a lot of the weapons in Deathloop and Ratchet and Clank and Returnal, uh, I do think Forza, and again, you can argue one way or another, creating your own noises is one thing. Forza, to replicate hundreds of car noises, thousands of weather noises, that to me is just almost next level. And the way they've done depth perception of audio within the game is also very, very strong in my opinion. Uh, so while uh, normally I would probably give this to a gun-based title or a title that's a bit more action adventure I think Forza actually might steal this category. I agree. Uh, my votes for Forza for all those same reasons that you just said. I think all of these games up here have fantastic audio. Um, they have their own unique take on it. But just the entire package that Forza offers comes second to none, in my opinion. Next up is best score in music. The Artful Escape making its return. Cyberpunk 2077, Deathloop, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, and Near Replicant. Uh, I like a lot of these soundtracks, Sean. I think they've done a very good job as far as approaching boss fights or approaching those epic moments and adding nice soundtracks to them. Uh, not quite on the level of something like Halo or Star Wars, in my opinion, um, but I do like the uniqueness that we do get from the Artful Escape. It is literally a game about music writing and music performing, and they take that to another level. They're combining all different genres. While I'm personally not a big like folk or country fan, uh, there is a little bit of that, but also a lot of rock, a lot of punk involved as well. So I do think the fact that they are a game about music and the fact that they could sell that throughout the full game experience is the win for me. So I will go Artful Escape here. So are you trying to tell me that you did not have a lot of country artists on your Spotify range? I had no country artists. Uh, shout out to <laughs> Prophet who put landed one in his top five over there. Oh, that's so gross. So gross. <laughs> Artful Escape gets the vote. Joey, moving on. Best art direction. Artful Escape makes a return. Deathloop, Kenna Bridges of Spirits, Psychonauts 2, and Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Um, I think this is going to be interesting because these are all very different styles. Um, and I think that's great. Uh, but that also makes it very controversial. Um, I absolutely love the art of Psychonauts. I, that's one of my biggest praises of that game. The art style is is so incredibly different and and it's different for a reason i i just i love everything about it i love everything about psychonauts 2's graphics design uh the artistic imagery they bring out in the levels uh and everything i for me it's it's psychonauts 2 and it's it's not even close in my opinion yeah i think graphically ratchet and clank is probably the best one on this list but it is art direction uh artful escape takes a unique approach Deathloop to me really doesn't stand out much at all in this category in fact i'd probably drop them out 
Kenna is gorgeous. Uh, it has a Pixar feel to it, though, so it's not super unique in that aspect. Psychonauts, you have that classic take on Psychonauts mixed with these wacky worlds that are completely obscure. And I think for that, it gets the vote for me. The level design was absolutely phenomenal. And with that, the art direction overall. Best narrative is next on the slate. We have Deathloop. We have It Takes Two. Life is Strange, True Colors. Marvel's Guardian of the Galaxy and Psychonauts 2. Again, I liked a lot of these. I think Life is Strange does fall down a little bit from previous titles in that genre, as you said, John. So It Takes Two is a fun story, as is Psychonauts 2. I think those are the two I would be between. I'm not sure which way I lean, so I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Uh, For me, it's Psychonauts 2. I I agree. I I think... The biggest downfall of Life is Strange that I was trying to allude to was the overall story. Uh, it felt very predictable. Uh, generally, Life is Strange is a game that will throw really big twists and turns at you. This one, not so much. Uh, it's one big twist. Honestly, wasn't that big. And then once that twist was revealed, guess what? The game was over. Um, so it was, it, was, it was kind of a letdown in that sense. Um, but Psychonauts 2... Uh, again, the the story, how they portrayed the message of mental health through that story, throughout the levels, throughout the the character interactions, through every aspect of that game, I, I, th- I think it told a fantastic and beautiful story. I give it to Psychonauts. Yeah, I think Psychonauts also, without giving too much away, also has some nice twists and turns within the story, too, that kind of added up to another level. Uh, the level design's very good, and they kind of tell the story throughout the level as well. Uh, it takes two, while it's a good story, and the level design definitely implements into it, I feel like Psychonauts just takes it to the next level, so I will agree with you on that. Best uh, game next. direction, John. I think these are, are these the exact same games. Uh, Returnal's in there instead of uh, Life is Strange. Oh, okay, there you go. So Deathloop, yep. so It Takes Two, Returnal, Psychonauts 2, and Ratchet and Clank once again. Uh, outstanding, oh, let's see, outstanding creative vision, innovation in a game, and design direction. I, I give it to Psychonauts again for the exact same reasons we just gave them the other one. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this category seems very similar. I think between the two, I was between It Takes Two and Psychonauts. I would probably lean toward It Takes Two on this one. Um, But Psychonauts, again, John, as you argued before, there are so many reasons it could easily win this. It's very unique, very innovative. I do like some of the unique controls that It Takes Two takes takes advantage of. Um, But yeah, overall, Psychonauts 2, a lot of cool design, a lot of cool implementation as far as the thought bubbles and everything. So yeah, it could easily win here as well. So we're going Psychonauts? Yeah, let's do it. All right, right, and we come down to the final topic, the final category, if you will, for the Game Awards coming up next week, and that is Game of the Year. Joey, six games were nominated. There is an elephant in this category as well that we'll talk about here in a little bit. Deathloop, It Takes Two, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, and Resident Evil Village have all been nominated for Game of the Year. Yeah, I mean, phenomenal titles. Deathloop getting lots of praise. It Takes Two, I think, is easily up there. Uh, probably one of the best co-op experiences I've experienced over the last couple of years. Metroid Dread, well, not necessarily my style of game. It also did well critically and is a pretty cool, unique take on the Metroid genre. Psychonauts 2, you've heard our praise. Ratchet & Clank, I think, was a phenomenal launch title for PS5. Uh, Not quite right at launch, but coming a few months later in June, about five, six months after it initially launched. 
Uh, really cool stuff going on there. Uh, they originally said they needed the SSD to do all the cool portaling within game. Uh, that has been debunked since then, but it still is a really, really cool mechanic. Uh, taking advantage of the haptic controller the PS5 has. Uh, Resident Evil Village, I would not have put on this list. Personally, I really like Death's Door in that spot. Forza Horizon 5. Uh, I think Returnal could have also been included there. So Resident Evil will not be getting my vote. Of these ones left, I think Psychonauts 2 and Ratchet and & Clank are probably my top two. Uh, and as we voted for it in these previous categories, I think I will lean Psychonauts 2, but a very, very close second for Ratchet. I'm voting for uh, Forza Horizon 5. Um, <laughs> I th- really think nominated. it should have been included. I think that was such a... Uh, not happy about that. This goes to show you that the uh, panel, the the group of voters that nominate these things don't always pay attention. Uh, and, and it's shameful. Or they hold... Um, these ideas that racing games can't be games of the year because it's a racing game. And I think that's which, more what it was than anything. Like, I mean, it yeah, was the highest argument. critically rated game this year. It had a 92 and the next one was at 89. It had more players than all these games combined. So, I mean, those reasons, plus the other ones you're about to give, John, I just feel like it is such a big game that should have been included here. So prepare for outrage next week. It's going to happen. People are going to complain about it, and rightfully so. Um, but nonetheless, out of these here, Joey, I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be Psychonauts 2. It should be Psychonauts 2. I think it checks off all the boxes uh, when it comes down to gameplay, art, music, everything, the message. Everything this game has uh, just hits all those, not just feel-good boxes, but makes you enjoy playing this game. How many games can you sit down and actually enjoy almost every single moment of that game truly get lost in the game enjoy every moment of it talk about it with your friends um you know maybe go back and try to achievement hunt maybe go back and try to to replay certain things and try different levels again or or try it on a different difficulty or or whatever it may be you know psychonauts just feels like it checks off all those boxes when it comes down to what a game of the year should have uh so psychonauts 2 for me is my vote Yep, Psychonauts 2 goes ahead and wins it for me as well. So they will get it again. Ratchet & Clank, a very close second in my opinion. But game of the year for Level Up, thank you, Chad, for helping us vote, is going to be Psychonauts 2 this year. Uh, John, with that being said, we only have one more category. It's not one of the main ones, but it is the player voice vote that just went up today. So we'll do that and then wrap up the show. All right, let me go ahead and try to navigate over here to where it is. Go vote here. All right. Player voice vote two days and two hours at the time of recording. It is round one right now. Which is your favorite game of the year? Player's voice is a 100% fan voted award across three rounds. Um, And Forza Horizon 5 is in here. Look at that. And also Halo Infinite is included in the fans choice vote, Joey. The game doesn't even come out for six more days. And, and, and here we are. And we have a chance to give it. The player's voice game of the year. Um, <laughs> Joey, who, who are you voting for? So I'll tell you who I had, and feel free to switch any of them. I'm going to go Deathloop in row one. I'm going to go Forza Horizon 5, and I'm going to go Halo Infinite. Over in row two, I'm going to take Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, Monster Hunter Rise, and Returnal. So through the first two rows, I've already used up six of my votes. Uh, then from there in row three, I like Hitman 3. Uh, I think there's a lot of games in here that could deserve votes. Shin Megami Tensei, Kenna Bridge of Spirits, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Unfortunately, only one will be taking mine in Hitman 3. 
I'm going to go ahead and skip row four and jump down to row five where I'm going to give it to It Takes Two, Psychonauts 2, and Death's Door, and that'll wrap up my 10 votes. Uh, one thing to keep in mind the way I voted here, any game that's currently ongoing I did not vote for. I feel like I don't really like ongoing game as a category. I get the idea behind it. I get the idea behind the community support vote as well. But if I'm voting for a game of the year, it's not going to be a game that's been around for 10 years like a League of Legends. So I did skip all of those games that were previously out and only voted on stuff that came out this year. Okay, so I definitely agree on your last three picks. It takes two, Psychonauts, and Death's Door. Uh, skipping the row above, I'm completely cool with. Again, I think it was the weakest Life is Strange to, to come out. Um, let's see here. Uh, that row above it with Marvels. Uh, Joey, what, what were your picks again? So in that row, I only went with Hitman 3, with Hitman. but I think Marvel's I Guardians of the Galaxy, Kenna Bridge of Spirits, uh, Shen, Shen Megami Tensei, all could probably deserve votes. Uh, that's a really tough row for me personally. Okay. No, I, I completely agree with that. Uh, the row above it, you went Ratchet, Monster, and Returnal? I did, yep. Okay. I 100% agree with that as well. Uh, and then here, what uh, would you, Deathloop, Forza, and Halo? I did Deathloop, Forza, and Halo, yep. Yep. We agree on all of that. I just couldn't click fast enough, Joey. Is oh, you're really good. You're good. Me. I actually did it while we were moving into the category, so I had a little bit of an <laughs> advantage there. Uh, Cheater. Chat probably watched me turn to the side of the screen, but hey, uh, feel free to switch any of them, though. I feel like overall you would probably agree no, with me on a lot you... of them, but there might be one here or there that you might switch, and feel free to do so. Um, yeah, level up. There were a lot of good games this year in an industry where we weren't really sure what was going to happen with all the COVID stuff and all the delays coming out. And while a number of games did get shifted to 2022, which is going to be a stacked year, uh, as will 2023 be, there were still quite a few good games and a lot of good indies that did make their way out this year. Uh, to give you guys an idea of what voting looks like so far, for round one, the highest voted game is Halo Infinite with 9%. Number two is Forza Horizon with 7%. Resident Evil Village in third with 7%. Psychonauts 2 in fourth with 6%. And It Takes Two in fifth with 6%. So those are currently your top five at the moment. And I think that's a solid top five. I really do. Yeah, I'm honestly uh, surprised Resident Evil is as high as it is. But it is one of those yeah. games that is multi-platform, and that could give it a slight advantage as well. I mean, how crazy is it that Halo Infinite, that's currently in multiplayer beta, a game that's not technically released yet, has the, has the most votes? I yeah. mean, nostalgia? Yeah, probably. Uh, but at the same time, I, I think, Joey, uh, you, you'd agree with this. It feels like the best version of Halo ever. Yeah, I like, mean, Call of Duty and Warzone, the like the comparative titles in a sense, yeah. are all the way at the bottom here. Yeah, it's not even close. Like, Halo, Halo, there's, when a gamer says a game feels good, not just like, feels good, bro, or feels bad, man. <laughs> but when a game truly feels good, and a lot of people, shooter, uh, FPS players, uh, casual shooter players, casual gamers, hardcore sweaty gamers when they all come to an agreement that the game is smooth aside from the random crashes that happen that's that's big that game feels incredible on both pc and xbox and i think rightfully so i i just it shocks me that it's number one but at the same time it doesn't that game is going to shake up the gaming scene and i, I i'm so ready for it yeah, I mean, bold move going free-to-play. You're going to encounter more cheaters that way. There are optimization issues on PC as well. Uh, this is their first time building from the ground up for PC as opposed to porting over. So they're going to run into issues. It is still in beta. 
But as John said, to be in beta still, even though if it's close to what the launch date title is going to look like, even without the campaign yet, still finding its way on here and currently leading the list is absolutely phenomenal. So big shout out to everyone that got nominated. Uh, a big shout out to those who might have barely missed out on nominations, especially some of those indie games. Um, but overall, a really good slate this year, John. I think we're in for a good times ahead, both in the nominee game award categories as well as some of the games to be shown throughout the event, uh, some of those gameplay debuts, some of those world premieres, all of that good stuff. We'll tease that a little bit more since we did run out of time today. We'll bring that up a bit more for our pre-show next week. Again, guys, that is Thursday, December 9th. We will be co-streaming the Game Awards as official co-streamers. In case you didn't come from Jeff Keighley's website, you can also come from our Discord server and all that goodness. The show is going to start sometime around 7 p.m. Eastern time. We'll give you guys a final schedule as we come out later on. You'll want to follow us on Twitter for that. And what are we on Twitter? We are Level Up Live on Twitter at this point? Yep. Level Up Live on Twitter. We'll tweet out that final show once it is finalized. Uh, But currently looking something around a 7 p.m. start time with a post-show after the show. So we'll be wrapping up sometime around 10, 30, 11 o'clock probably. It is going to be a late, late show next week. It will be. But we're hoping to bring guests on. So be in Discord, hang out, follow Twitter. We'll try to get you guys all that information as we get closer. With that being said, thanks for hanging out tonight, guys. John, if you want to take us into our lovely closing and wrap this sucker up. I need, I, need, I need to pull the pull the words <laughs> up and everything because you know, God forbid, you know, I I get the closing wrong. Um, help if I use the right volume knob too to to bring the intro <laughs> the outro music up. Nation, it's, it was a long one, but thank you for sticking with us. That will do it for this edition of Level Up Live. Before you go. Head on over to patreon.com slash OTA and consider becoming a super fan of the Overtime Network. In return, you get access to exclusive content that nobody else in the world can get unless you are a part of OTN Media. If you have not already done so, make sure you follow the show here on Twitch to catch the next episode of Level Up Live. If you listen to the show in our podcast feed, please do leave us a review. Level Up Podcast is available on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play, and anywhere else you can find an RSS feed for podcasts. We would love to hear from you. In fact, we'd love to hear from our community so much. There are multiple ways you can reach out to us. Joey, what are some of those ways? Absolutely. Level Up Nation, head on over to Twitter again and find us at Level Up Live. That's where we're going to tweet out that show for next week as well as all the good little tidbits that come. Uh, We have OTN Media over on Twitter and Facebook as well, the Umbrella Company, uh, at OTN Media on Twitter and Facebook and at OTN underscore media on Instagram. Last but not least, hit us up with a follow, maybe even a Twitch Prime sub over here on twitch.tv forward slash OTN Media. Level Up Podcast is Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific. Please come stop by, hang out and chat, give us some votes on these polls, all that goodness all here on Twitch. All right, make sure you tune in next week. We are co-streaming the Game Awards. Don't go anywhere. It's 7 p.m. tomorrow. Not tomorrow. Next week, Thursday. Nine. It's <laughs> December 9th. I am totally going off script is what's happening. So make sure you tune in as we cover the latest and greatest in gaming and esports news, including the Game Awards. Do your ears and eyes a favor. Hit that sub and follow button to know when the next episode of Level Up Live is ready for your entertainment pleasures. We'll catch you all next week for the Game Awards. Have a fantastic weekend. Enjoy your games. Remember, be nice to your fellow gamers online. And as always, Level, level Up. up.